It's the South Florida Morning Show with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on News Talk 850 WFTL. Well, you got uh, most of us here. Jennifer Ross here. Bill Adams has uh, one more day off, enjoying uh, some time off with his daughters. And then uh, Dina, our producer, filling in. Uh, an extra special surprise today. We have Maggie Hansen. She's the chief nursing executive at Memorial Healthcare Systems. Uh, and one of their hospitals, I think, Maggie, it was one of your hospitals. It may have been all of them. But we're going to talk about the one in Hollywood. Uh, first to receive the COVID-19 vaccine yesterday. Uh, we talked with Dr. Katz from your hospital probably about, what, uh, three? weeks ago i guess somewhere around there and he told us part of the reason that you guys were chosen was you had the ability to keep the covid19 pfizer vaccine cold enough is that true well that is very true we purchased the special freezers that will um, house the vaccines until we take them out for administration there's quite a few steps that we have to follow to be able to um, ensure that the vaccine is delivered safely and according to the specifications. Um, so yes, we received 19,500 vaccines yesterday. We actually tested our process and um, vaccinated uh, just over a dozen of our employees and physicians. And today we're going live with um, the regular schedule. So we look forward to um, you know, taking this first step at ending the pandemic for sure. Well, you get 19 and a half thousand uh, doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Now, this is now how do you determine? Uh, number one, I know it was the governor and there's a panel that determines what hospitals receive the vaccine to begin with. So that's out of your hands. And I'm sure you, you probably lobby for something like that. And, and I understand that. But you have 19 and a half thousand doses. How do you decide or is it decided for you how that is distributed? Like half goes to your staff, half goes goes to a, a nursing facility or a nursing home. Is that how that works? Well, so the nursing homes are taken care of by another process. Oh, you know, okay. All of the nursing homes will be covered through Walgreens and CVS. Our um, healthcare system consists of 14,000 employees. So having 19,500 vaccinations available gives us the opportunity to vaccinate all the people who are out there on the clinical front line, all the people in our hospitals and our clinics and in our uh, freestanding emergency department will have the opportunity to be vaccinated. Some people are choosing to wait, so we don't think all, all of our clinical front line will stand in line just as of yet, but we anticipate having plenty to share with the five other hospitals. You know, this is a, this is a pandemic that has affected everybody, right. and it doesn't matter who we compete with. We are here to help our sisters and brothers across South Florida. Okay. So again, there's, you know, we have five hospitals that we plan on taking care of because we were in the first allocation of vaccine along with the four other healthcare systems in the state of Florida. We will be functioning as stewards of the vaccine from the point of receiving that vaccine, which we did yesterday morning, to the point of distribution. So when we are uh, ready, and we're not exactly sure when that will be, but it will be soon, we meet with these hospitals regularly to uh, determine their readiness for receiving the vaccine. And um, we will send people, a registration person who's responsible for tracking the vaccine from the, the point of arrival here at our um, vaccination center to the hospital and then communicating to the Florida SHOTS program. And then we will have a pharmacist that will accompany that vaccine to those other five hospitals to ensure that every step 
to ensure the safety of that vaccine um, is followed so that the recipient gets the full benefit. Uh, Maggie Hansen is uh, the chief nursing executive at Memorial Healthcare Systems here in uh, Florida. Thank you for being the guest, by the way. I, I just, if you could just clarify something for me. You said you're like... Um, uh, you're like the like the FedEx hub of for the vaccine. It'll come to you first, and then you'll distribute it according to all the protocols that go with it to the hospital in, in, in staff at five other hospitals, including your own. Do you ever give it to regular people, or is it just healthcare providers that you take care of as the hospital, and then CVS and like Walgreens will take care of somebody like me later on down the road? Well, so I just want to clarify, you know, we have six hospitals within our healthcare system here in Memorial Healthcare System. So we will be ensuring that they receive, the frontline clinical staff receive the vaccine because they need to be protected right. so that they can help us care, carry us through the journey to the end of the pandemic. They have to stay healthy. Um, and then as soon as the, we are finished vaccinating the people who choose um, to be vaccinated, we will be distributing to the other five hospitals outside of our system. Okay. And then, you know, the question that you have related to, you know, the citizens, the regular residents of, you know, our our um, counties, we are not sure when the government is going to make the allocation available to them. I think that they have worked with the CDC and the um, governmental agencies overseeing the health and welfare of the people to determine who needs to be vaccinated first. And that's why we have the privilege of being vaccinated first in healthcare. You know, we're on the front lines. Healthcare workers are at a higher risk of contracting the disease, and we have to keep them well and healthy and strong so that they can help us care for all of those who will be continue to be afflicted with COVID-19 until the pandemic is over, yeah, as, I, uh, as well as all the other health care issues that we treat in a, in a pre-COVID world. Right. I, I don't think anybody's going to argue with you there, Maggie. That's for darn sure. Let me ask you a really basic question. Uh, you said you got 19,500 doses. Okay, say, uh, say you only had 10,000 employees in the six hospitals. Okay, this is a, a hypothermical, as we call it. And, and say you had like 3,500 doses left over would that would those doses qualify and this is a really stupid question so bear with me would they qualify as the second vaccine or is that a totally different shot the um, second vaccine will be shipped to us in time to be able to administer it approximately 21 days after the first vaccination uh, wave so so the 19,500 vaccines that we received is for the first vaccine. So the, the second one is different then? Yeah, the second one will be coming, and it will also be from Pfizer, because even though Moderna is you know, right behind Pfizer in the EUA process, the second vaccine will also need to be from Pfizer. So that is already being staged for delivery so that we can continue on with the second wave. And we have that all scheduled. We have an appointment system um, that reminds our our frontline staff as well as our physicians to quickly schedule right after they receive their first vaccination, their second vaccination. I mean, because that vaccination is important for, you know, to ensure the 95% efficacy of that um, vaccine. Are you going to get now Moderna, from what I understand, Maggie, is maybe by the end of this week, the FDA will give it its emergency approval for its use. Would you also receive that vaccine as well? Or is that yeah, we anticipate receiving the Moderna vaccine as well. We don't have, um, 
you know, a, a timing on that as of yet. We're just set up to be able to operationalize that particular vaccine as well. We have to be ready in a moment's notice so that right. we can take full advantage of these wonderful tools, you know, that we have in the arsenal now to fight COVID-19. Uh, it's, it's awesome what you guys are doing. And then just one other last question, and I'm going to ask this for our producer because he was somewhat concerned. Uh, we heard that, and this is for, you know, everybody, I guess. We heard that with the um, Pfizer vaccine, that if you have some type of allergy, it could put you into an anaphylactic shock. Is that true? If, and if so, do, should you get it if you have an allergy? So the, the only true known contraindication right now to the um, vaccine for COVID-19 is having had um, a severe allergic reaction um, you know, that could be a severe neurological reaction or an anaphylaxis to another vaccine. If you have other, other allergies, like I have an allergy to penicillin, you know, you, you just need to make that determination. It's not a contraindication. I plan on being vaccinated this okay. morning because I do round in the hospitals and I'm patient facing and we have plenty of vaccine. So I'm not afraid to get the vaccine, even though I do have an allergy. It's really those that have had anaphylaxis or severe allergic reaction to other vaccines. People who are pregnant or who are breastfeeding, you know, need to have that conversation with their physician, determine what to determine whether or not they're going to get vaccinated in this first wave. You know, there are some mild side effects with some people that have been in the clinical trials, headache, malaise, low-grade low fever, but they're short-lived. They go away um, in a very short period of time, and certainly, you know, those side effects are uh, much better to have than have you know having the disease itself which can you know end your life you know as as we have all seen there's severe you know mortality and morbidity with COVID-19. Right well Maggie Hansen chief nursing executive at the Memorial Healthcare System I can't thank you enough you clarified a lot for us so I feel a lot better and and I think Diener our producer is going to go get the shot after and when it's made available <laughs> so thanks oh, for we that. We can't wait till it's made available to the public because we want everybody to be safe and we want this pandemic to end and that is the key is getting um, you know a significant number of the population vaccinated right. so that we can minimize the impact on society and end this pandemic and return to health care like we had provided before along with the new lessons that we've learned on infection prevention and control during the pandemic that's one good thing i guess that came out of it we've all learned something new uh maggie i can't Absolutely. thank you enough uh merry christmas happy hanukkah have a great holiday season and, and good luck with the distribution of the pfizer vaccine to all your health care workers we appreciate it thank, thank you. you thank Take you thank you it's a very beautiful and wonderful week for us here at memorial thank you so much and happy holidays to you and all of your listeners there Thank you. Sir. Thanks, Maggie. Take care. Coming up next, we're going to tell you about the most amazing thing found in a Christmas tree right here in Florida. You don't want one. I'll leave it at that. It's next at 850 WFTL. It's WF. I can't even say it the way he does. I got one nerve left and he's on it. <laughs> Karen Curtis coming up in just about 10 minutes with your snooze. What are you talking about? There's like nothing going on, so... I don't know what you're going to be talking about over good there. Good interview. With and she was really good. Yeah, thank you, Maggie Hanson. We learned a lot. It'll be up at 850WFTL.com, and I'm sure. Is it going to be put in our podcast, I guess, yeah. for the morning show, Dina? Yeah. Is that where we would find that? It's going to be the podcast. It's going to be on the website. Karen has a whole story up. It'll be yeah. right there on the front page. Excellent. There's a thank lot you. of questions answered about the vaccine 
um, very interesting. I, you know what she enlightened me was I didn't realize that the hospitals that received it take care of healthcare workers only, and that the public, the that front would line be workers, you and I, right, would right. be taken care of by Walgreens or CVS. I was kind of surprised at that. I didn't know that. Yeah, and also about the allergies. If you're allergic yeah. to a vaccine, but she's allergic to penicillin, she's getting it. Yeah, so. she's getting the shot. She, but and she did say there were people in her. I wanted to talk to her further, but we ran out of time. But I wanted to ask her of those who didn't get the vaccine, what happens as as far as a hospital employee? What happens to you? You know, say I, I I'm you know you're I work and I see you and yeah, and I, I I'm an anti-vaxxer and I, I don't want the shot. Do they send That's you true. home? What because I mean, then your 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 life is in jeopardy. Whereas everybody around you, five masks, three yeah. pairs of gloves, yeah, and you stay curious. ten feet away. All right. Uh, by the way, the Library of Congress, including Greece, The Dark Knight, The Blues Brothers, but I've got a full pack of cigarettes and I'm wearing sunglasses and it's uh, nighttime. Mission from God. Um, <laughs> among the films preserved this year in the National Film oh, Registry. Cool. Yeah. There's 25 films. I think A Clockwork Orange is one of them. They're wow, preserved that was for their. a crazy movie. I know, right? With the milk. Uh, that was a crazy movie. Cultural, historic. We, my dad took us to see that movie when I was like seven at a drive in. And I'm like, what? What? The? I know. It was crazy. Did he not know it was a Stanley? Wasn't that Stanley Kubrick? Is that who that was? My dad took us to a slaughterhouse when we were kids. There was a dead cow in the parking lot. Okay, okay, that explains so much. I'm like, what the hell? My mom, we had pigskin shoes, and she's like, they have pig poop on their pigskin shoes. Why would you take them to a slaughterhouse when they're four and seven? It's a fun Sunday afternoon, kids. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, well, that more coming up. <laughs> this from the man in his bathroom shot a deer through the kitchen window. Exactly. That was your dad, right? That was my dad. Put down the spoon, shoot the deer, pick the spoon back, back up. Great nuts. <laughs> eating his great nuts. That's the most amazing story in the world. Yep. Holy yep. cow. Uh, it's the South Florida Morning Show. That crazy person leaving the rooms, our news director, Karen <laughs> Curtis. But she'll be back in just a couple with the news. Uh, Stephen Diener filling in uh, for Bill Adams. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, he went. Did, did you talk to him yesterday? Just with uh, you know, some of the stuff coming text, out. Uh, yeah, you two <laughs> get you two get so involved, and I, I just kind of oh, yeah. back away. I was I was looking at a, a, a you were spectating. Yeah, I was, but I was doing something else when you guys were. And it's like, okay, you, you go back and forth. I, I got to go do this. I got a life over here. So <laughs> I, I count on you guys to do all the research. So yeah, thank you so informed. very much. It works really well. Uh, the situation with, I, and I happen to, it's sad because I happen to stumble upon, completely forgot that the alleged president-elect Joe Biden uh, was going to address the nation last night after the electoral college vote. And I couldn't listen to him purely because he had a frog in his throat. And I wanted to say, clear, please, oh. just stop and clear your throat. Just, just, And if you can't, cut the speech short because you're driving me crazy. Was, and I'm sure oh, I'm so not bad. the only one that was bothered by it. It was very, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, you know, he gave a nice speech. He says, oh, he's going to take care of the people who didn't vote for him. <laughs> yeah, they're going to tax us more. <laughs> right. Right, yeah, we, we want peace and unity. Uh, yeah, who are you kidding? Because in the event the Electoral College, and then, and then when Congress goes to ratify this vote from the Electoral College on January 6th, and the things that we think could take place do take place, and President Trump remains President of the United States, it's not going to be peace and unity in the streets around yeah. the country. I'm just saying that right now. Right, yeah, I wonder if they would still preach it then. Bunch of phonies. Give they're not. Break. They're not going to preach it at all. So anyway, we're going to talk about good stuff right now because I thought this was the greatest story. Can, can you give me the raccoon before we go to break? Do you have yeah, the raccoon? I got the raccoon. Let's do this.
a woman in Florida, Tallahassee. She has a doggy door, so let's set the record. She's got okay. the doggy door, okay? And her dog sleeps in front of the doggy door. But she said it was going in and out, in and out all night, and then all of a sudden it started barking at the Christmas tree. So it woke her up at 4.15 in the morning, and I'll let her explain what happened next. See if there's some furry body inside the Christmas tree. No, it's not a cat. What is that? Is that a squirrel? Oh, it's a raccoon. No, don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> there's the dog. Oh, there goes a tree, unfortunately, and everything. And and the reason she started screaming is the raccoon saw the dog, and the raccoon jumped out of the tree at her. She said it climbed up on her chandelier, it was swinging around, it destroyed the house, and then finally, after like thirty minutes of her screaming and trying to get it out of the house, it ran back out of the doggy door. But all I could think about was that stupid squirrel in the tree with oh, National Lampoon's it Christmas. Re- it really happened to her. Oh, really? The dogs chasing it around the house. Oh, it was horrible. Messing everything so, up. And you know what? Yeah, my son-in-law keeps on telling me to put in a doggy door. That is why I put in a doggy door. Never mind people coming in through it, but that's why. Anyway. That's that's so good. That was our favorite story of the day. (laughs) Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk about, uh, yes, you should be buying a lottery ticket, and Bill Barr says goodbye, but it was a good goodbye, surprisingly. It's all next at 850 WFTL. Because you see, when Congress convenes on January 6th to tally the electors' votes, There would be challenges to the legitimacy of some electors. It's possible congressional Republicans could decide that disputed states should simply not be counted. That would ensure that neither candidate would get to 270 electoral votes. At that point, the Constitution clearly directs that the House of Representatives vote to determine the presidential election. But it does so with each state casting a single ballot. And that would be Fareed Zakaria from CNN, uh, his uh, Nostradamus moment uh, back in October, right? You said that was in October, Dina? Yeah, unbelievable. Isn't that amazing? It is the South Florida Morning Show. Jennifer Ross, uh, Bill Adams will be back tomorrow. That was Karen Curtis, our news director, just walked out. And then Diener, our producer, keeping me company and co-hosting this week with me. So thank you, Diener. Uh, he said that, and he's basically trying to say what happens come because, you know, I had three people text me, I mean, almost immediately after the Electoral College said yesterday that Joe Biden indeed had won and he was the next president of the United States. And they're like, is this true? I'm like, well, it is, but it isn't. It has to be verified first. And once it's certified, that's done by Congress. But if you believe what Fareed just said, and what are those seven states that are in dispute, Diener? They are New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. Wow. I am so. Did you like do an anagram and that's how you remembered it? No, I'm looking at the map in my head and I remembered it by region. So I started to the left, went to the right, and then went down south to Georgia. Wow, east and west south route. Good for you. I, I couldn't name the states on the map. That's, I'm horrible at geography. Unless I have visited there, I will never find it. I can If you told me which way to drive to get to Indiana, I'd go north and that would be by it. And then but see anyway, what happens? Yeah, and see what happens but and then know, go left from there. He really does make an interesting point here at the end because that long the clip was kind of long. We played coming back from the break, but it was important. That's why we kind of kept it all in. But this thing he says here at the end that wraps it all up is, is pretty interesting. You want to hear this? If the current numbers hold, there would be 26 state delegations that are Republican and 23 Democratic with one tied. So the outcome would be to re-elect Donald Trump. So that's kind of what it comes down to. So true. And uh, as you said, it's all the, the seven states. Seven states? One, two, right, three, Right, yeah, four, all five, seven. Six. All seven states, they would 
basically throw out their electoral votes. If that's so. the case, and you know, if it continues to be disputed, if more evidence of fraud comes out, like it did yesterday in Michigan and Wisconsin, where things are finally being revealed, Wisconsin Supreme Court saying that, um, it, you know, it seems that people lied on their voting applications, that no. they're homebound because of COVID. No. And if that's the case, then their votes shouldn't count. So people lie. Yeah. Right. No. Shocker. So if more things continue to come out. There's a lot that can happen between now and January 6th when Congress convenes to go look at these electoral votes. It may very well end up being that scenario. Now, that's not to say that we're in denial. We understand the situation, that Biden could definitely end up being the president, and it might end up that way. But what we're trying to tell everybody is that there's also this, and this is a good possibility because of what happened yesterday with those seven states right. putting their electoral votes Toward Trump. Well, and then also yesterday what came out was uh, the interim county Michigan Dominion voting machine. They first, they, you know, they had them looked at and then a federal judge stepped in and said, OK, all this results that we found out from looking at this, you know, forensically, you can't see. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then somebody overruled that, and they and they actually said, "You got to release this information." It found the error margin of error to be how much on this machine? <laughs> this is really something. So normally, you you you've learned why they were hiding this evidence when we saw this. Normally, the margin of error on any given machine would be point three to point six percent. On right. this particular, or on the particular machines, I believe 16 in the county in Michigan, Antrim County, 68% <laughs> error of margin. Of, yeah, margin of error. Yeah. 68%. Okay. And, it's and there's nothing wrong with these machines. No, it's basically what that means is they were taking the ballots. They were saying, well, this is a, a disputed ballot, so we're changing it to this. And that and machine reads it as an error. So they did that 68% of the time where they changed it to Biden, from Trump to Biden, from Trump to Biden, over and over and over again. But there's no problem with these no, machines. No, and there's no evidence, now, even see, though they just saw evidence. These, and, and see, this is where the problem is with these people who cheat. They don't know how to cheat well. You're right. If you're going to cheat, you don't make it look like, you know, it's like when you cheat off of somebody's SAT exam. Right. You don't get 100% right. Exactly. You don't get 98% right. You get like 82% right, if that. Yeah. You, give, you barely yes. make it give yourself to like, a B. Like a low-grade B or a high C. Yeah, you don't like just... Yeah. I think what happened was they they panicked. They got and, greedy. And, right, and that, and, you know, and Bill has said this before, too, in that they panicked when Trump started breaking the algorithm and these Dominion machines... They started saying, oh, my gosh, let's shut it down. And that's, you know, the shutdown happened. And, you know, they started switching votes, of course. But there's nothing wrong with these machines. No, of course. No. Uh, speaking of shutting down, uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Oh, our buddy. I, it's going to put the city in full shutdown yeah, if we'll the shut. rates continue to climb for COVID-19. It doesn't work. In April, we all said, yeah, you know what? Okay, if you need to shut it down for a couple of weeks, that's what we have to do because we didn't know any better. We know now because of science. They always say, pay attention to the science. You don't, You guys don't pay attention to the science. No, they're listening to Bill Nye, the science guy, who really isn't a science guy. No, he's not. And the science tells us that the lockdowns don't work, so why are we doing them again? I don't know, because <laughs> you look at the rates in, in some of these European nations where they've shut down the entire country, and the rates are still through the roof. I mean, it's, and it's then what true. happens is you, now you've got people getting arrested left and right, like in Spain. Because some guy, they've been, he met some chick on like Zoom, right? You know, and uh, Match.com, whatever. They, so they decided to meet. So he got arrested while he was driving to her house, which wow. was two hours away. <laughs> so that's what they're going to do in New York. Remember the orange? Yeah. Well, I'm 
Please, please. Uh, what you need to remember to do is don't bother buying a Mega Millions because I'm going to win tonight's jackpot oh, with good to my know. ticket. Okay. But uh, in the event you already have a ticket, it's worth $291 million possibly. And then tomorrow night's Powerball is $287 million. Wow. That's not bad. That's a lot of money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and do you sit and dream? I mean, I think everybody does. Like, if you won, what would you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you definitely start thinking about, well, you know, I'd buy a house here and, you know, give money here to family or charity, whatever it might be, and then just put it away for my great-grandchildren. And Not me. And- I'd spend every damn cent of no. it. <laughs> no. I'm teasing. <laughs> Jen comes back into work with seven Ferraris. <laughs> now, you know what? I, I don't think I'd buy a Ferrari. They're hard to get out of. They sit really low. I, had, I would buy, true, yeah. I would probably buy, I mean, if money, were, honest to God, money were an object, I'd buy a really nice Ford truck. Okay. Uh, like a really nice Ford truck. Like maybe like a 650, like a custom one with a big horse trailer behind it, full of horses. I'd that's buy, what I would that's do. That's what you do. <laughs> take them around the country, ride no, a different horse just, to every, every I would state. have a ranch here and a ranch there. I just don't know where there would be. Yeah, the Ross Ranch, of course. Yeah. I uh, One of my former bosses, when I used to work in sales, this guy used to buy, this is, this is how much money he had, he used to buy every single year the new Ferrari. And I remember one time we were at the office. And oh, the Ferrari truck, must have loved him. Oh, my gosh. And the, the, I remember the truck showed up one day to the office, and the Ferrari comes out the back. We're like, must be nice. Must be really nice. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, he's, he was the owner. The guy that lived next door to me growing up, boy, they were, I'm transgressing here, uh, fixed exotic cars. <laughs> oh. And whenever he got like a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, he'd come pick me up. He'd go, come on, let's go for a ride. Nice. So he let me drive the Ferrari once, and I was going really slow, and he goes, see, you're the reason this car is in the shop. You drive a Ferrari <laughs> like a Ferrari. You got to do it. So yeah. we ended up on 95. I was going like a buck 20. Were you? Great. <laughs> I was like, this is wonderful. Anyway, I digress. So what do you buy fun. me after you win the lottery? Ah, uh, whatever your little heart desires. Thank I you. will. I will give you and Bill and Karen checks. Oh, thank you. You'll get a deposit into your your bank accounts, and then you'll never see me again. Too kind. You will you put it this way. You won't have to work for at least a year. All right. Okay? Thank you. Is that fair enough? Fair. Uh, and and people who don't have to work, and they work very little, but boy, they get a lot of recognition for it. BuzzFeed put together, we're really not much into celebrity stuff, but this just fascinated all of us, at least on the morning show. Uh, actors who have spent an actress's very little time on screen, but have won awards for it. They stole the show. It's cool. It's all coming up next at 8.50 WFTL. Look who wandered back into the studio. <laughs> did you get lost, little girl? I did. That's <laughs> news director, Karen Curtis, talking about, uh, what are you talking about? There's like nothing going on in the world, so I can't imagine, you know, what you're working on over there I'm for talking the top about of the hour. cheese and dry ice. That cheese and dry ice. Yeah, so you know in Russia, their vaccine, they can't drink for two months after they receive it for yeah, some be- reason. Well, the they said because the, yeah, it, it screws up the effectiveness. I think Putin just needed yeah. more alcohol. But there's a unique problem in Wisconsin. Cheesemakers... In the state, say the coronavirus vaccine may limit the supply of dry ice and drive up the price because they have the dry ice keeping it because it has to be Arctic winter cold, negative 70 70 degrees. Yeah, 70 below. And so the vaccine has to be shipped that way. And so do dairy cultures needed to make cheese. (sighs) So they're saying the cost. How many people buy dry ice, though? I know. I mean, the only time we ever the only time I can remember we ever did it. I think Omaha Steaks has it. Really? Is that yeah, they ship people with it. To ship? Okay. Yeah. And uh, also Phantom of the Opera, but Brow- <laughs> Broadway shut down, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, on a daily basis, unless you're a shipping company, what do you use dry ice for? You know? 
Well, well, you have the whole interview there. They received doses in Miami and in Broward and or with Maggie Hansen. She explains the whole thing. Any questions you might have about the vaccine, she answers it. Go to our website, a50wdftl.com. I'm going to go eat my cheese ball. All right. Go I'm eat your cheese ball. Thank you. It's the South Florida Morning Show. Jennifer Ross, Bill Adams uh, has one more day off. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Dina, our producer... Very nicely filling in for him and keeping me company. Karen, our news director, will be back with the news in just about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, we talked about uh, the election process, and there's still some hope. Uh, and and it'll come on January 6th. Yeah. So and keep plus, your fingers crossed. Well, the thing about it, too, when you talk about January 6th, because that's when Congress goes to certify the Electoral College vote um, in seven states, that Trump didn't win, so to speak, on Election Day week, uh, gave electoral votes to Trump yesterday when the Electoral College Especially, voted. It was, you know, Georgia surprised me the most. I yeah, like, really? I was actually surprised wow. by that. It was funny to see it, too. Well, one by one, Pennsylvania was first. But what happens after that or in between is really going to be interesting because we're starting to see more come out about the Dominion machines. Michigan came out with their evidence yesterday, finally, after it was blocked. Uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court came out with a ruling yesterday that uh, people who lied about their COVID, um, I guess you could say availability, the reasons why they had to stay home were due to COVID, and that's why they had to get mail-in ballots. Those votes shouldn't count. Yeah, but how do so they... there's a lot they, that can happen. I mean, do they, do they actually have a record of people who called in and said, oh, I have COVID-19, so I need a mail-in ballot? Well, that's the question is, how do they now go back and say, well, this person said this, this person said that? But do if you can put into to enough question... And raise enough question for for the Congress for them to come out and say on January 6th, well, you know, this case, that case, so on and so forth, fraud here, fraud there has been found out. We have evidence. Maybe we should just throw out this, these states, and that's what can end up happening. Well, we could, after what happened in Antrim County yesterday, which is like in northeast of Michigan, it's pretty far up there, so it's right on the lake, actually. It must be really cold. Oh, my there. gosh. And they probably just got about eight feet of snow. But anyway, uh, they found out out of 16 precincts with the, the Dominion machines that they looked at, there was, what was the margin of error? Normally, it's about 0.6 or so. This was 68%. <laughs> so, yeah, a little Nothing, fishy. Nothing wrong with those machines, huh? Oh, my goodness. Just uh, a bit. I'll, I'll tell you what you're going to have a problem with if you don't ship it today. If you're shipping um, holiday packages oh, yeah. to somebody by ground. So, you know, that's whether you're sending it by the Postal Service or FedEx or UPS. Uh, they say get it there today if you want it to arrive by Christmas. This would not be an Amazon order. This would be like you, you know, Grandma sending you the cookies for Christmas. Get them in the mail today. Yeah, just yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> ah, it works for me. Uh, Bill de Blasio, another reason to not dis, not like New How anybody... Let me tell you, if you live in New York City, you know somebody who lives in New York City, and, and I do, and, and he's, he loves the city so much. And I, I asked him, I said, are you going to vote for Bill de Blasio if he runs for re-election? Mm. Well, yeah, he's done a good job. He said, he what? shut you down for months, and now he's threatening to do it again. Done a good job? Who's this friend of yours? Uh, what? I, like Bill said, he's going to go through one of my Facebook pages and oh get rid of gosh. everybody I know. I, you know, I got, I got a lot of friends who are Democrats. I really, really do. And, I, and, and for the most part, they're fairly logical. But then they, they say something like that, and I was like, Vinny. You gotta be kidding me. Well, that's the thing. You can be a Democrat. That's fine, but have a brain. Well, but there are many Democrats who won't listen to you at all. And and the minute you you say anything about whether it's Cuomo or De Blasio or Biden, they 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 go into attack mode. They don't even let you get it out. And that was what this was like. Uh, it was brutal. He said, and the reason he said it. Let me verify this. Oh. He's in real estate. 
And he said, because of de Blasio and Cuomo, people are leaving in droves. And he's made more money in the past eight months than he has, like, in the 40 years he's done real estate. I see. He says, you have no idea. He goes, I can't keep a condo in Manhattan. He says, it's gone in, like, 24 hours. I and see. these are million-dollar properties, yeah. multi-million-dollar properties. So that's why he said it. I said, okay, just just verify. He's going to judge. So, yeah. yeah. Done a good job of ruining the city and people moving out, so he's making money off of it. Uh, there was a study, by the way, because we talk about this all the time, about people leaving. It, basically, what is happening is they are leaving very large, expensive cities, mm-hmm. going to medium-sized not so expensive cities. Uh, the number one city people are moving out of thought it would be New York City. It's not. It's Hartford, Connecticut. Huh. New York City was second. Interesting. Uh, San Francisco, Chicago, and Cleveland. The number one place they're moving to, and this, by the way, is half of Silicon Valley, is getting up and leaving, following Tesla. Right. That's true. Austin, Texas. Yeah, a lot of people move into Texas. A Everyone's, lot of people move into... Uh, Phoenix, Arizona came in second. Uh, yeah, I figured they'd be on there. Nashville, third. Yeah, seen. I've seen Tennessee a lot. Well, Ben Shapiro, who's on the station right here, moved to... Well, you know why? Because there. Tennessee's like us, no state tax. Exactly. Uh, then Tampa and Jacksonville round up to top five. Please, okay, here's the only thing I ask. You've seen... There's a reason why you're moving, right? So please do not bring your democratic policies and philosophies to these states because... There's a reason why it became the way it did, because of who you were voting in. So well, don't wake up. DeSantis has signs at the border that say, leave your New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut behind. Please. Don't bring it here. Uh, this was, you know, what we very rarely talk about celebrities because none of us are really impressed by that kind of stuff. But this impressed me just purely because of how many people won awards for what little work they actually did. Yeah, this is really cool. And I, plus, I'm, I'm a big movie nerd, so this yeah, is like Yeah, you this. are. Yeah. yeah. BuzzFeed just put out a list of characters who basically stole the show in one way or another. Either they won the award for it or it's the most memorable character that you take away from a film, even though they had the shortest amount of time on screen. A prime example. Uh, let me see. Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice. He was Beetlejuice, right? Yeah. 17 minutes. Amazing. Felt like he was in the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, whereas Gina Davis and I forget who was, Alec Baldwin? Yes, that's right. Alyssa, were, Alyssa Milano, too, was the daughter. That's right. They, yeah. they had a lot more screen time. Uh, let me see. This is another one. Margaret Hamilton, The Wicked Witch, and The Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Ten minutes of screen time. Man, I used to be scared of that witch when I was a kid. see, look (laughs) at the effect she had on you, right? Wow. Now let's go to the people who actually won awards. Okay. Judy Dench is Queen Elizabeth in Shakespeare in Love. Eight minutes on screen, she won the Best Supporting Actress Award. Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Heath Ledger is the Joker, Dark Knight. 33 minutes of screen time in a a two-and-a-half-hour film. One Best Supporting Actor. One of my favorite roles of all time, if not my favorite. Uh, Alan Arkin. He was uh, Edwin in Little Miss Sunshine. He was Grandpa. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw the movie. 14 minutes. He won Best Supporting Actor. That's right. I remember that. Anthony Hopkins. Oh. He won Best Actor for his role as Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs for 16 minutes of screen time. Yeah, he wasn't in there very long. That's right. Uh, He did not win the Academy Award for it. I don't think he was even nominated, but we all remember this. 31 minutes of screen time in eight different movies in this franchise. Oh, my gosh. Harry Potter would be the franchise. The actor, Tom Felton. His character... Draco Malfoy. Oh, Draco. Wow. Like that? It's, yeah, it's... 31 minutes in eight films. That's, That's all he had. 
And we <laughs> always remembered he was the bad kid. The That's end. funny. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Anyway. Talk like an average of four minutes of film. <laughs> he didn't win the Academy Award. I'll tell you who should win some award for bravery. This golfer over in Cape Coral. He snatched Great. his ball back. I'll tell you where he picked up that golf ball. Oh, I had to watch how I say that. <laughs> Whoops. I'll tell you where it landed. Coming up next at 850 WFTL.